friends. Today we are going to get into non-violent communication. And before that, I feel like I want to share that in this podcast, I share thoughts, feelings, and ideas, concepts that I found helpful in my own life, and with radical self-responsibility, like we talked about last time, it is up to you if you want to take it or leave it. The intention with this is to spread love and awareness, and to make powerful teachings less complicated. We don't always need such complicated words and theories in order to live a really full, alive and pleasant life. And I'm aiming to make this accessible and digestible for anyone. So let's begin. Nonviolent communication. This is a model developed by Marshall Rosenberg, and we can also call nonviolent communication NVC. The main belief of this way of communication is that all people have capacity for compassion and empathy, and that we only resort to violence when we don't have any better strategy to deal with it whatever situation it might be, whatever communication it might be. The idea with NVC is to connect with ourselves and others. And I would like to say to live in more harmony with ourselves and the people around us in a way that makes compassion a natural thing. It's not about convincing people to do what we want, but to create connection and openness, where everyone's needs are met, a way to bring in more peace to differences that we may have with each other and ourselves. It's about empathy and honesty, and nonviolent communication basically teaches us to understand and express our feelings, and to hear our own deeper needs and the needs of others. <laughs> Violent communication, though, often hurts. It might be manipulative, it might be pointing the finger and blaming, and often the language can promote fear or shame or guilt, and actually moving the attention away from the real issue rather than addressing it. Maybe you know one or two times where you had an argument with someone and there's some sort of a conflict, but we're actually not really talking about the conflict, just the argument itself gets the like main point. So here we're going back to the main point to solve it. So Many of us have not learned to understand and acknowledge our own feelings and needs. And often that has to do with the way we were brought up. Like the example I gave in an earlier episode about the dad who told his son when he was crying, boys don't cry, right? So here the boy's needs were neglected 
And the result of that may be to hide their feelings when they're getting older. Not just hiding them from other people, but from ourselves as well. And NVC helps us understand and communicate our feelings more clearly. Often violence causes violence, right? And coming at something from a place of love is often also being more so received with love, or at least from a more harmonious place. That's at least what I believe. What do you believe? So how do we do this? In order to make it a little easier, understandable, there are four steps to nonviolent communication. Number one, observation. Number two, feeling. Number four, needs. No, now I skipped a number, see? <laughs> number one, observation. Number two, feeling. Number three, needs. And number four, requests. Let's make an example out of this. Let's say that there is an argument going on here between two people. Let's call them A and B. A is very upset that B never gives them attention. You are always on your phone. I feel like you should know better. Okay, <laughs> so number one. Number one was observation. What is happening here? What did B do or didn't do? Well, B is on their phone often, all right? And when A is talking to B, B is not really present, okay? B is on their phone and not paying attention to A. That is the fact. Number two, that is the feeling. So what is the feeling here for A? What happens inside? Often something lays under the initial reaction, right? And this can seem upsetting. So if A goes into the feeling, there's a sense of annoyance first, perhaps, and feeling into it a little bit more, A actually feels sad, okay? So we have found a feeling, sadness. Because maybe A wants, you know, their loved one to pay attention to them or ask about their day when she gets home, if A is a she. Next step is number three, and that is about the needs. What is the need here? What would make A's life more wonderful? Is there a need that can be met. Well, there seems to be a need for love here and for being heard. And step number four, requests. How can this look like a concrete action? Because then we actually get somewhere with this. A would like that when they come home from work, if B could put their phone down 
look A in their eyes and be present. Ask how A's day was. And with this step, it can be helpful to know the different love languages, which I made an episode about a month back. So observation, feeling, needs, and requests. Notice in the last step that it's not about pointing fingers or telling B what to do, but actually what A needs. And sometimes we can get feelings mixed up with thinking and needs. So for example, saying, I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up the dishes. This is not a feeling. This is an expression of an opinion, criticism or moral judgment, right? And it doesn't state what you are actually feeling. Instead, one could say, I feel angry because I do not want to clean the dishes as often as it seems. And then follow that with a request. And I don't know why I said it with that voice. I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up the dishes. You could also say, I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up the dishes. You know, you get it. <laughs> um, or like an example that Marshall Rosenberg himself does with two animals, kind of like a two puppets. And these two animals have different languages. It's a jackal and a giraffe. This is basically the exact example that he did. And I am just going to kind of repeat it. The jackal asks, do you love me? And the giraffe answers, jackal, when you use the word love, are you using it as a feeling? Do you mean, do I feel warm, tender, cuddly emotions towards you? And the jackal answers, yeah. And the giraffe says, see, I had to check with you, jackal, because giraffes do not use love as a feeling. We use it as a need. But since that I see that you use it as a feeling, it's obvious how important it is to you. And I will do my best to answer you honestly. So please ask the question again. And the jackal asks, Do you love me? And giraffe says, When? <laughs> and the jackal is more agitated and he says, When? Giraffe says, Jackal! Feelings change every few seconds. How can I be honest with you without knowing a time and a place? And the jackal is like, ah, what about right now? And the giraffe says, no, but try me again in a few minutes. You never know. basically the moral of the story is that that love is a need and understanding our needs and requests 
when requesting this, it's very important to be clear with other people what we are requesting of them. To meet our need for love, for example, so we're not talking different languages. This Rosenberg goes on to explain that our need for love can look very different, just as our need for food can be very different and very individual. We still have the need, but it can look very different. A need can be uh, the need for attention, safety, a need for empathy, to be understood, heard, a need for connection. Basically, all human beings have the same needs, but it can look very different. And also to request, what do you want? Not what you don't want. And things can become so much more pleasant in the way we phrase things. I remember staying at this Airbnb one time and there was a note in the kitchen about the garbage bin and it said something just regular, like something along the lines of do not put the food in the garbage bin. And this for sure is a valid demand. But wording things in a different way, imagine if it said something along the lines of Hi, I'm the garbage bin. I'd be so happy if you could leave the food in the compost next to me. Thanks for helping out. <laughs> okay, this it doesn't have to be that cute, but it feels so much more loving. And staying at an Airbnb, you kind of want the feeling to be as pleasant as possible, at least for me. Or another example of people letting their dogs pee on other people's lawns. And I'm sure if you're the lawn owner, you're fed up and sometimes you also see that this person is fed up and it's say, stay off the lawn or, and sometimes you see a cute one. I'm happy your dog likes our lawn. Please respect our grass. You get what I mean? This, it really isn't about being nice. It's at least for me about being mindful as well, how words carry frequency and if we come at something from a place of love it's often usually responded to it in a lighter more peaceful way the first example of stay off the lawn if someone is having a bad day and someone is kind of like flipping you off some people like meet you with that aggression they kind of want to do it back versus if you address something from a place of love. I feel like the outcome is so much more pleasant. And there's always more pleasant ways in expressing ourselves and our requests, I feel. How can we share what is alive within us? How life would be better for us without using any criticism, blame, diagnose. It doesn't have to be nice, but honest. We make a clear observation. What is the fact? We notice our feelings. The needs that weren't met. And we request it. Remember those questions. What is alive within you? What are you feeling? 
And what would make your life more wonderful? Do you have any unfulfilled needs? In a sense, everything that we experience in our everyday has to do with what emotions and thoughts and experiences that arise within us. Regardless of the person in front of us who might trigger us, in a sense, they are just our mirror, right? There's information to be curious about here. And I avoid saying the word you because I find that that alone helps a lot in bringing a more loving way of life. Of course, saying I love you, it's a different thing. But you didn't do this. You. It's pointing the finger. It's cause for the other person to defend themselves. And that's not what we want here. We want all of the parts involved to be heard, have their needs understood and met. And it involves listening and empathy. I hope this may spark some lights out there. I know people's entire relationships and work situations have been transformed after starting this practice. If you like this content, I invite you to subscribe and writing as a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's greatly appreciated. Much love.